0: I wasn't sucking up to him because he couldn't sign me. I mean, oh God, I was over the hill. But <laughs> I brought him a, a bottle of red, um, a red wine, Argentinian red wine. Nice. I went in his little coach's office and stuff. And he was brilliant, showed me all what they were doing. And, but make no mistake, they also said, that, you know, he can, he can make a grown man cry.
1: You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe
0: and William Hill. Hello, I'm Eric Laurier. Welcome to episode 22 of
2: House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. Thrilled to announce that my two guests this week are legendary Irish footballer and man of the league and St. Pat's stalwart and legend, uh, Conan Bourne. Conan Bourne, you're very welcome back to the
1: podcast. Talking about football legend, I thought you were going to introduce the other (laughs) other fella first. And now (laughs) now we're moving
2: on to a bona fide legend. Uh, David I hope that's not you sitting in front of your trophy cabinet there by the way <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I,
0: I think it's Harry Kane that's
2: <laughs> but we're, we're absolutely thrilled to have former Irish international and uh, and, and brilliant striker David Conley David you're very welcome to the podcast thanks for joining us
0: Th- Thank you
2: thank you, uh, Lads we've got so much to talk about so we're going to crack into it I suppose the first thing first the, the Women's World Cup came to an end uh, the final uh, football didn't come home It took a diverted flight back to Spain and uh, and Spain became champions of the world. And I don't know if if you saw the game or anything. I watched the game. I enjoyed the whole tournament, I have to say. And uh, Spain,
1: in my opinion, totally deserved to
2: win on the day.
1: On the day, absolutely. Um, Just through the group stages, they were kind of doing really, really well and then they came up against the Japanese and they absolutely tore them apart. The counter-attack and play that they they did in in the game was unbelievable. Spain couldn't live with them. So I was a bit worried going into the latter rounds of the competition how Spain would do but they've been absolutely superb um, and even like the two shown superb resilience two players that I'd like to mention Sama Parallelo obviously missed out um, she was Didn't play for the quarterfinals or the semifinals, but was a super sub. Came on, scored goals, started the final and did really, really well. And then obviously Olga Carmona as well. um, Got whipped whipped at halftime against the Japanese as captain. um, Didn't play a minute of the the last 16 and then came on for extra time then in the quarters. Kept a position for the semis, got her goal. Fantastic finish in the semifinal and a quite brilliant finish in the final as well to win the the tournament for Spain. Outstanding. David, did did you watch the final yourself?
0: Yeah, I did. I was, I was, I was actually in Spain, so um, um, it was, oh, it was uh, an
2: Irishman in Spain watching Spain against England was, in a World Cup final.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and had, had a choice of about three Irish pubs within, you know, stone's throw. So um, I watched it with my, uh, my my son. So we had we had good fun. So Excellent. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought Spain were, I thought they're brilliant. To yeah. be honest, I yeah. thought they were absolutely brilliant. Technically, they were fantastic, and um, you know. Not only the goal from from, from um, Olga Colmona, but just a, her general play as a as a left back was just sensational. I mean, she was she was just terrific in possession. I thought they were excellent. I thought they were really really good Spain, and um, um, you know, thoroughly deserved the win.
2: I I was saying I was saying to you just before we came on air, uh, David, that um, you know, obviously it's an Irishman's uh, duty not to support England in any major international tournament, but. I don't know, it's something about the women's football. I've really started to get into it and watch the Women's Premier League on Sky and all that. So I've gotten to know the English players and characters and I've kind of, I like them. I like a few of them like Millie Bright and, you know, Alisa Russo and and Lucy Bronze and players like this. Uh, Mary Earps is spelled. Mary Earps had a fine World Cup. Um, But... I was, you know, I wasn't as fervently supporting Spain as maybe I would be if it was the men's match. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you, you have it. You, you have a different well, take on that, David.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I just looked at it I, I, from my point of view. So, say the penalty, you know, and uh, one of the England players, um, Lucy Bronze, you know, delayed the taking of the kick, and the Spanish had a send players in the box and. I just thought, I know it's gamesmanship and, uh, and and all that, but I thought the ref should have booked there. And I thought there was a, a lot of fouling going on, a lot of technical fouls from, from England that they got away with. And I, I was just looking at it from a, a sort of, um, you know, like, like neutral perspective, mm-hmm. just admiring the Spanish and thought England looked like they didn't really know what to do, you yeah. know, banging the ball long and... Um, so uh, and then, Tom the, the,
2: Millie bright up front as a said yeah. and North Center for like 15 minutes to go. That was a real panic yeah. measure, I thought. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to be honest. I didn't watch. I, I watched the, you know, the Island Games early doors and. You know, and little bits and pieces, but I, I wouldn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. You, yeah. You know, but I um I made a point to go and watch the final being in Spain. So that's so so that was nice.
2: You know, and, um, <laughs> a, no, a nice afternoon for you in Spain, there, David. A nice yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. We go. We go straight into the Premier League then, lads, because the Premier League is back in full swing. Two games played, um, unless you're Burnley and Luton, and um, and already the two teams tip for the title have maximum points. They're up there. The boat looking good. And um, I think if we start off, I suppose with the the big match, one of the big matches over the weekend, uh, which raised one of the most talking points was Spurs, Manchester United. As a Manchester United fan, I came into this season with a lot of optimism. Now, I know there's still a week and a half or so to go in the transfer window and things can still happen. But what is going on there at Manchester United? Um, why are they looking so poor and so exposed? I mean, people say people were lauding Spurs on, on Saturday for a fine performance. But I, I mean, as bad as United were, United could have st- still scored three or four goals. So I'm not, I don't buy into the whole fact that Spurs looked really brilliant. I just thought it was more United looked pathetic. Um, uh, your, your thoughts on Manchester United at the moment, David?
0: Um, well, say like I, you know, the defeat away from home. You're a United fan, so you would know they had what eight defeats last season. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think that was the most they've, they've had in the season. So I don't think it. Uh, I, I, you know, you shouldn't be shocked. I doubt you are shocked, you know. Now, I think I've said this before, but it, it, if I was United in the summer, I would have made a signing at centre-half. For sure. I would have tried to have got Garvedo before Man City did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they could just do, I think they could certainly do. Now, I know they've got Marte as a left-side centre-back, but he was a left-footer, and Garvadov was the same. But I, I think he looks absolutely class. And I think United, City have got, say, four outstanding centre-backs and, and are so defensively solid. Look at Newcastle and United and, you know, just look a bit porous, don't they? They look like you can yeah. get at them the whole time. So, credit to Spurs. I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not too sure too many saw that that performance coming. And we've all seen the stats, like all the passes they had. And I know they had no Harry Kane, but, um, you know, they were, wor- well, well-worthy winners. And look, you can make, I'm sure you might say, well, do, you know, Mason Man and Casemiro as a holding pair, is that is that right? How do you fit? <clears throat> Fernandez, Garnacho, Anthony, I mean Anthony is no Anthony is no Iron Robin. No. Ant- Anthony cannot cut in. I know he hit the post, but you know, Iron Robin used to used to finish like a um, duffer, you know, cut in off that, that right hand side and finish. You know, Anthony doesn't he doesn't finish. He doesn't finish enough for the layout. So I don't know where their goals are going to come from because Rashford had a few. He had a few chances, didn't he? And the Spurs keeper I thought was brilliant, Vicario. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He made some great saves. Um, just
2: just, just on Rashford there, uh, Conan, um, you know, Roy Keane made the point that he looks like he's sulking um, because he's been played out of position because obviously he prefers to play off the left and he's not an out-and-out centre-forward. But for the fella who's on, I don't know what his wages are. They're astronomical. He signed a new contract there. Um, you think... He'd have the ability just to fill in for a bit in, in in as a centre forward. I mean, he broke into that Manchester United team those few years ago, scoring two goals on his debut against Arsenal as a centre forward. So he has mm. played there before, but his body language looks a bit off. It's like he's thrown a strop that he's not playing in his favourite position.
1: Uh, I don't like with just with Keane, It, it was just he probably saw that the way he went off uh, after being substituted. It, look, it's not great, but a lot of players are like that. They might be frustrated with themselves. Um, we all know Rashford's best position is coming in off the left and and getting shots away because that's what he's really good at. Similarly, but not as good as Thierry Henry, the way he come, cut across players and, and, and aim into that far corner. But I thought Rashford had a good first half. Um, he made a great run, like electric pace to get to get in behind uh, Romero and Deven, And only, as David said, for Vicario, it would have been 1-0 Man United. Um, but I think... Th- Talk about Rashford. I think we have to talk about um, Highland as well. They pay seventy five million for a player that only can only play once a week at the moment. He can't play two games in a week. Why not pay the extra twenty five million and get Harry Kane, a proven goal scorer, um, that knows the league inside out, that can score goals in the Premier League? So that's the one. That, that's the worry that that I would have felt is that they why didn't they just go all out and sign Harry Kane rather than a twenty year old Norwegian international that's done really well in international football, not so much at club level and that can't play two two games in a week
2: yeah they're buying potential there I suppose uh, David we can come to you saying a lot of Manchester United fans saying the problem is in midfield um, and we touched on it briefly there uh, Mount Casemiro Bruno um, and they're saying that you know Casemiro needs help in there um, for, I mean, even last season watching Casemiro great signing for us but missing a lot of games through suspension and it always took him I saw three or four games to get back up to speed and I wonder is it the case again that it's only two games into the season He needs another couple of games under his belt. But more importantly, he needs somebody at the base of that midfield giving him a bit of a dig out because he's the most dribbled past midfielder in the whole league at the moment. He's like six times he's been dribbled past. Now, I don't know whether that's a symptom of him being exposed on his own. Uh, Your feelings on that, David?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I know there's a bit made of, of, I should say this, like he's he's full of face. (laughs) Yeah, chipmunk, yeah. When he when he come, you know, and I know maybe they go away and they enjoy themselves. You have lots, of, you know, it's a long season, so, um, and then you get back into shape. That's kind of like the olden days way, right? You, yeah. you, When you're a player, you've been away, you enjoy yourself, you come back, and you use preseason to get fit. It seems like these days, um, everyone comes back fit, ready to go. But it looks like maybe Casemiro, you know, does enjoy his summer. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And then <laughs> <laughs> he needs a, a few games to get going. But I mean. Look, I guess the layout they've made on Mason Mount gets him in the team, but whether Ericsson would be better alongside him, but obviously neither him nor nor you know, nor Casemiro, you would say have the legs, mm-hmm. right? So for sure, for sure that would be an issue for them, the the, the lack of pace and mobility in the in the, the sort of centre midfield areas of and how he gets that mix right? I mean, look, I don't, I don't like United playing with two holding midfield players anyway. But maybe Ten Hag thinks that they can't play with one, so they're playing with two, and even the two maybe don't have enough legs. Are you
1: surprised with the lack of game time Scott McTominay is getting, David?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Scott. I know he's linked with a move away, so um, you know, we're, we're, you know, Scott coming in, I think would be certain change that they might look at doing against forest i don't know i mean forest had a good win the other night so yeah. i'll I, I watched that one in the irish pub as well i was in that place you know <laughs> spent,
2: spent. i was wondering where your son time was david
0: yeah exactly <laughs> but this is my time this is my time. This is as, as tanned as i get um but um yeah so i mean scott i think i'm sure scott within the options they got right but you have to say what are they going to do go and spend what other holding midfield field player could they have got because well, look, I know I know Katemiro is looked at like as a short-term plan, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. a season, two seasons, uh, and they might bring in uh, someone younger. But lavia has gone. Casado obviously was an astronomical amount. I doubt they would have paid that anyway. Um, you know where 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 would they go and, and who who were their next targets after that?
2: Yeah, I suppose they, they they've been linked at the moment with Amrabat, the, the Moroccan yeah, uh, player, yeah. who does look like. I mean, all the stats and all point. But he had an amazing World Cup. Um, but is he the answer? I mean, I suppose well, what he does is he brings, he gives legs to the team.
0: Well, you would say, okay, well, why didn't they go? I know Conan's mentioned, say, Harry Kane. Agree with that. Jeez, he would have been fantastic. I would have strengthened every... Part. If you're United, right, I would have gone right bang through the middle. You could have said, well, why don't they go and spend 100 million on Declan Rice? Yeah. Because he, he arguably could have done that. He could do that role as a lone holding the field player, you know? Um, but... Yeah, I, th- I think they, 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 you know they've got they've got a few things to iron out, and again, the away form is is a worry because they look kind of, which I guess Roy will be looking at, you know, so many away defeats last season, eight the record, mm-hmm. I think equal record defeats away, and this season you think, well, how's how's that going to change? And yeah. uh, I'm not too sure it is
2: one point from the top nine last season away from home, which is just yeah you know, sacrileges really. Uh, just just before we move off Man United, Dave, an interesting uh, thing we found out uh, was that. You played against Eric Ten Hag back in your Feyenoord days. Oh. You did. And he was marking you. He was the centre-half. And you scored against him. Oh, yes, oh, you amazing. did. Yeah. You, you, you beat them 5-1. You beat 20, 20 5-1. And you 5-1. got a goal. And you looked around. At, did he Was he bald back then, Dave? Do you remember?
0: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know. But that that, that was... Um, I think that might have been... I don't know if it was my debut. I'm not sure. But... Um, Look, I think. This, uh, you do uh,
1: know, of course, you know. I, I,
0: I, I swear, I, I I don't. But I mean, if it was, um, uh, uh, yeah, he's look, he's done very well, right, yeah. uh, Eric? He's done, he's, he's done very well. But I certainly think he needs them. What they would do between now and a week or whatever is left, uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, he said, look, he's he's put his goalkeeper in, right? Which is which is. Um, one thing there's quite a few new goalkeepers coming but yeah. you look at how Ricario done and you would have gone well you know I know there was a lot of money but Vicario looks like a really good signing for mm-hmm. for the money he was and you just think United's recruitment you might go well have they got it right there but I guess we'll see
2: yeah yeah and I'm just, just on the, the Roy Keane said that Man- <laughs> Roy Keane gave Man United the worst insult ever because he's famously quoted as saying uh, "Sports, it's your sports," and he says Man United are the new sports. <laughs> And again, another box office quote from Roy. And uh, David, obviously, you know him. You played with him. You worked under him. Is it is what we're seeing at the moment of Roy Keane on Sky Sports and its punditry? Is that reflective of the man you know?
0: Um. Yeah, I guess. Um. Yeah. Look, Roy's. He's got a fantastic wicked sense of humour. You know. Um. He can be quite quite dark with it at times, but. I mean. I'd, I'd love to know how he thinks when he's, he's working alongside Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> in, 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 I mean, Roy must think, I, I, I think Roy at times would think, what am I doing here? I, I'm sure he does because I think Roy feels he was destined to manage, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and I think he's, um, yeah, I wouldn't say settle him for, 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 for being a pundit, but, I'm sure deep down he would, he would know that this is ultimately not what he, what I I think not what he would want to yeah. be doing. He'd want to be managing. He'd want to be coaching and managing. And, um, you know, but I, I think his honesty is, is, is brilliant. I like how he, he's, he, he calls things as, as they are. And, you know, he's got a, a great sense of humour. Yeah. If you fall the wrong side of him, obviously <laughs> it, it, as people do, but I mean, um, you know, I had I'd good and bad times with Roy and, um, I think he brings a lot to that, to that punditry. But I just think he's, I think with with a, someone alongside him, I think he, he could still offer a, something a lot in the game. And right. I don't think he'd be settling for being a pundit. You know, he might, uh, I'd I'd love to know what he says when he goes home to his missus. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Sturridge, he probably he, doesn't uh, even speak to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, I don't think we're giving Spurs enough credit,
1: Eric.
2: Yeah, I was, tell us, tell us, Colin, just
1: like obviously Brentford away um, very tough place to go to not many teams got picked up points there last season Um, and then obviously getting a great draw and then beating United 2-0 I just I thought the three in the middle were absolutely superb Basuma in particular was fantastic he looks like a new player doesn't he very good and again Brighton Mm -hmm. coming from Brighton obviously he needed a year under his belt last season and and, um, Ange has just brought him in and, and made him the the main man in the in the well, Conte didn't there. fancy
2: him last year, but as you say, Ange seems to
1: really embrace them. And yeah, and like I think his his way is his philosophy of football. It's like we score more than you. So you mentioned there about United missing a few chances, Spurs missed a few chances as well. And I know Gary Neville in commentary as well talked about Pedro Porro at right back and and playing as that inverted fullback going into midfield, um, and he wasn't up to it, but and that's probably the the position that I'd, I'd exploit if i'm coming up against Spurs is that that particular position but everywhere else like um guy at left back destiny he came went on loan at uh, udinese last year did really well came back new player completely um and then obviously, son Kulusevski and and Richarlison. If Richarlison starts f- firing on all cylinders, um, and Madison, friend of the podcast, a, a, a Madison, yeah, <laughs> as well. And the ten, look, the spores are got Spurs are a good side, Eric. Yeah. Um, and was a, I was I was very very impressed with them on, on, on Sunday, Saturday.
0: I'm impressed with Postacoglu so far, David? Yeah, yeah, I am. I think I think that that Aussie. I played with a lot of Aussies, um, you know. Kevin Muscat, uh, so, you know, th- th- loads of them. I mean, um, and I, I like. Generally, I seem to get on quite well with the Aussies. I mean, they're pretty honest. Um, they say they, they remind me a little bit of maybe the you know, Ireland, mm-hmm. a little bit Irish players. A bit, you know, they, I think, and I think Andy's like that. He's honest, says it how it is. I think he's. Um, he seems uh, uh, like when how he carries himself in his press conferences. I think he's he. he he speaks really well, but I don't think he necessarily says too much, but I think he just says enough to, to be you know, honest as, as much as he has to be with, with things like how he handled the Harry Kane thing. Um, and how he carries himself on the side. I think, I think he seems really detailed in his work. And as Conan said, like James Madison, if you've watched uh, James Madison coming through like at Norwich, I've watched him for years. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant player. I like his honesty. I like his interviews. I like how he's, He's got a bit more than the average Joe in terms of what he says. He doesn't just give the you know the stereotypical yes no. You know, he, yeah. There's he, no filter.
2: He, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He
0: opens himself up a, a little bit more. And Spurs have always had that maverick or that creative number ten or a Berbatov or a, you know whoever like that creative player Robbie. Like a, back in the days,
2: know. Glenn Hoddle as well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah.
0: And and he James is. I think James Madison is is class. And I think you know Spurs with him. I've made a really good signing, but I'm probably the biggest Harry Kane fan because in that pub the other night, they had, it was like a dream. They had Forrest and Shuffling United on one screen. They had Munich on the other side. So <laughs> I and they had a nice little seat. And, um, and, and that, so I saw Harry Kane and he got his goal No, went off injured. Look, they will miss him. They will miss him. Make no mistake. Give it a few weeks, a month. Every side is going to miss someone like Harry Kane. I mean, he, I think he's one of the, the world's best strikers. So make no mistake, they're going to miss him. And, and I think, you know, we might be talking a bit differently in a few weeks' time about, about Spurs, because as well as they've done, you, are, you, I think he's almost irreplaceable. And I like Richarlison, don't get me wrong. I do. But it's a massive void to fill, and I don't think they're going to fill it no matter what.
1: If you were Ange, David, how would you spend that money? Would you, would you spend it on a, a centre-forward, or do you see another position in that team that they need to, to strengthen? <laughs>
0: well it's I, I guess it's um you know who would you sign to to try and replace harry kane because i think rscholson is brazil's number 9 right so when you're trying to manage that squad as 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 a as a manager and, and Pochettino obviously was was at Tottenham, and he managed that squad really really well and he likes a small squad i'm Angie's the same andy wouldn't want an abundance of players causing him a problem and you know Richarlison is is expected now to fill and play that that central striking role so whoever he brings in is is he is he gonna be a direct replacement or direct competitor for Richarlison no because when Harry Kane was fit no one replaced him so I think Richarlison expects to be the number nine now and I think you have to give your confidence there's one thing looks like he's done he's given them a whole load of confidence as you touched on like Basuma looks brilliant. They look confident. They they look like they're really enjoying themselves. You suddenly bring this. You suddenly promise say to be the new number nine once Harry Kane goes, and then you bring someone else in. I I think that that has a real deep impact on the um on the squad. And I think as a striker, once you know right, I'm number nine now. I'm the one. So I don't think you'll be bringing in another striker. I'll be surprised, and it definitely won't be. I don't think as a as someone to go up against with Richarlison for that striking role, I think that's his okay. to make his his own to make his own this season. Yeah.
2: So ultimately, will Kane be a bigger loss for for Spurs or Man United with <laughs> the season ahead?
1: Man United. Yeah. I, like I just I feel sometimes in the way that well especially the way Spurs played Sunday that they didn't they didn't need Kane because they had the the, the impact that the three lads in the middle had. They got the ball out wide to Kulusevski and so on, and the chances were created because. One always sat, whether it was Sar or Basuma, and the other made went in. Kane sometimes drops deep and drops into those spaces. Now, there's no better player than him to do that. But I, I, I do think that Spurs will do well without him. Mm-hmm. Whereas with United, I think they need him. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's that, that would be my take. And that's on the it.
2: cold, cold hard facts for a lot of Man United fans. But yeah. anyway, we'll move on to um, uh, money bags in uh, Stamford Bridge Uh, Todd Bowley has spent just under a billion since he took over and in 40 Premier League games they've won 11 Um, (laughs) not a great return for your book Uh, like how is that even possible I suppose like every player that's come in is it doesn't looks almost inferior to what they signed you know David any thoughts on what's going on at Chelsea at the moment or do we just need to be more patient
0: um I I think yeah I guess I think um i look at how west ham played right and what did they do the first few minutes which is i guess you'd say right chelsea put it in the corners with the players west ham have got yeah play for uh territory play for throws play for corners and we'll put it in the box and i thought they did that brilliantly i mean ward prouse looks like a great signing um he put two corners in so if you look at how chelsea marked so they had which a lot of teams do this, right? They have the zonal players, the bigger ones, mm-hmm. yeah, along the six yard box or near post area. And they kind of leave the back post not free, but it's less important, and you might have smaller players picking up bigger players. Well, you saw from the very first corner, if you saw the first corner, Ward Prowse, brilliant ball, deep delivery, back post. They they nearly get they nearly score off the first corner. And then you go, right, okay, he's got his arm up again. Second corner, where's it go? Back post. So straight away, they've done their homework <laughs> and gone. Well, Chelsea load in near post area of all their big plays, Thiago Silva, etc. So when we're when we're coming in, we're aiming it deep. They have smaller markers, and and they got their goal. And you know, it, you wouldn't say it was simple, but it was. It's, it's kind of simple football from from West Ham and uh, effective football. And and I think Will Price did really well. And for Chelsea, I mean, I don't know how he's going to manage that squad. Yeah. Because he's got so much deadwood out. But when I, I left Southampton, when he took over, and um, I went back in there, I I actually bought a bit. I wasn't sucking up to him because he couldn't sign me. I mean, I was gone. I was over the hill. But <laughs> I brought him a, a bottle of red, um, a red wine, Argentinian red wine. Nice. I went in his little coach's office and stuff, and he was brilliant. Showed me all what they were doing and uh, the training, and, and a few of the lads are saying to me, "Geez, I mean, like he was, they were, he was breaking players that that." They work so hard. Oh, really? So like, like they, was this, like, the pre yeah.
2: training, David? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they worked. Let me tell you that some of those lads at Southampton said they never had anything like it. Wow. I mean, yeah. He works them, you, you know, it's hard to put into words, like, that, that how hard they worked and how detailed he is. So I'm a big, like, fan of his. Um, and I think as a manager, I think he's he's superb. But I think, it, it make a mistake, he's got a bit of a job in how he tries to... Because they look... They Look pretty good pre season, yeah. Yeah, they look pretty good in that in the, some of the games in America. They looked pretty good against Liverpool. And, um, I guess going to West Ham, it was almost like they they uh, I don't know, they got like, they got a few, he's got a bit of work to do, yeah. make no mistake. And West Ham done them pretty simple football for me, how they've done them, certainly with the first goal.
2: And like you, you mentioned there, but he was you, the bottle of red wine and the, the little coach's office and all that. And the players, uh, said it was the hardest thing they put, did they? They obviously bought into it, though, David. It yeah, so yeah. seems to be a manager that that players like to play for.
0: Yeah, but make no mistake, they also said, that, you know, he can he can make a grown man cry. Right. I mean, I think, which I think, you know, all the all the the top managers can do that, right? They can put an arm around you, but you know, if you're not if you're not pulling weight, you are not you know you're not good enough. Then, then he he, he will certainly uh, takes no prisoners. So he, I think he will get it right, but I think it's. It's going to be a bit of a. And I think that performance was probably a bit unexpected. And that, I wonder how they're doing against Luton, you know, because Luton uh, play a bit similar yeah. to West Ham. Obviously, they don't have West Ham's players, but they're so direct, mm-hmm. play a similar way. Uh, and they're at home, Stamford Bridge. I mean, I imagine they'll, be, they'll obviously have enough for them, but a bit difficult game.
2: Yeah, conceding set pieces, it'll be a worry for them, mm. I suppose. Just going on, Chelsea, like, uh, it is a mammoth, a big task for Poch, but that's why he's been brought in. Like, there's an interesting start there. Uh, Chelsea in the Champions League final in 2021 they named a squad there at the weekend of 23 players and only two players from that Champions League squad only 2 years ago remain mm. and they're Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell um so the, is is a mammoth task we just need to be patient with pods yeah
1: i think so um there's been a huge rotation of players obviously a lot of a lot of come in a lot of talk about Caicedo's performance when he came on look it's his first time to- first starting the Chelsea jersey even with the transfer fee, nerves are going to kick in, um, giving away the penalty. But look, he'll recover from that, absolutely no problem. And it's, like it was one all before they missed the penalty. So they could have been going in at halftime, 2-1 up if Enzo Fernandez had, had taken that that, cha- that, that penalty, uh, that spot kick. And that would have put them 2-1 up at time and it would have been a different game altogether. The disappointing thing for me, I think, would have been when Aguilar Arger- got sent off with 20, 25 minutes to go, that Chelsea didn't really... Exploit, exploit it, it mm-hmm. as, as much as they could I do think Nicholas Jack- Jackson will score goals I think he's a really really good player um, and then with the, the way Poch plays and, and like David said he has the capabilities of managing a squad we saw it with PSG at had three of the Standout players in world football in the same team, and he managed them particularly well. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. But he does have a mammoth, mammoth task in getting Chelsea Champions League football this year, in my opinion.
2: And I wonder is uh, is Todd Bowley the? Uh, he hasn't shown it so far to be the patient type. You know, you wonder if if Chelsea do struggle over the next few weeks and months, will the pressure ramp up, and will Ted Bowley have another blown out gasket, and another uh, yeah, manager coming I th- in? I, th- I
1: think he'll. Uh, I think he'll give pot, uh, pot patient, patience. Um, I think that's key now for for Chelsea going forward is that they do, do need a bit of stability in the manager in the manager's chair, um, a bit like your stability there, Eric, in, in the podcast chair. How much yeah. you? you better
2: believe it. <laughs> but but, t- but Tom Bowley, like I mean, like all that money he has. Why doesn't he just buy Brighton? You know, <laughs> and move <moving> to Stamford <laughs> Bridge. Like you know, I mean, that's what he, he seems to be taking him bit by bit. Um, but that, that's a, that's that's a, a, an awkward segue into Brighton. But like lads, they've lost. So much talent again over the summer. They've brought in Bolivian under-12s, you know, lads <laughs> who, are just, who look like they are already superstars. Like, top of the league, eight goals in two games. De is like, he's, he's, he's walking some magic there, David, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, just coming back to the Chelsea, you know, just quickly, right? There used to be a squad of loads of wingers, and then he got rid of all the wingers. And and now they've re-signed wingers, but they're not playing with wingers. And then they're spending tens of millions on uh, Mudrick. But the, it looks like Hudson-Odoi, who was going to be the next best winger, is going for like a pittance. Yeah. So it's just not joined up thinking at all. And uh, like a few years ago, I was told a story that that they had a big inquiry at Chelsea after signing a particular player and who didn't, who didn't work out very well. And I, I was told this on r- really good, you know, And so they did a big investigation. They actually then asked for the flight details of of the recruitment when they went to watch this player and did the manager go and everything. So, like, and they they got it all back and, you know, there was obviously, and they've changed around the the director of football, technical director, Eminello's gone and all this sort of stuff. So that was a player who didn't cost as much as some of these players they're signing. So I'm sure Todd Bowley at some point is, he will have this, just tracing like hmm. me- like process in place to, to make sure that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. accountability at some point these hundred million for this sixty million for that you want to make sure you know look he's he's earned his money you don't want to be blowing it as uh, you want to be making sure these are the right signings for the right sort of money so and and it looks like for a long time they've they they haven't they haven't made them in contrast to Brighton who. What a great segue that was, right? <laughs> yeah, who were, I mean, I've seen Brighton so often. The amount of, I remember praising Deserby probably two seasons ago, saying he was up there with Pep, and, and someone hammered me on Twitter, some, wow. some, some, and said what are you want about, and then Pep said Deserby is the best uh, playing out from the back in world football, and I sort of. Sent that back on on Twitter or whatever, <laughs> and that's not to be an at all. But when you when you watch him and some of the lads I played with, like Adam Lalana, Southampton, uh, Adam Webster, I played with at Portsmouth. Um, they're now working under Deserby. You know they say he's just a, a, a absolutely incredible. And what makes brooks, him so good, David? Well, they say he is. Um, they say he's uh, unlike Graham Potter, right? When you used to go and watch Graham Potter, because Aaron Connolly would be there and he'd be on the bench at times and. Unlike, I'm um, say, because when you work for the media, there you're really close to the technical bench, you're a technical area. You're like, you know, you could you could nearly tap the subs on the on the on the back sort of thing. You know, you're only about five 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 rows in front or six rows, something like that. You know, so you'd see an awful lot, and you'd see Graham Potter, and he would very, as we know, Graham Potter is a completely different character to Deserby. I mean, he would he would barely sort of ever get ruffled very calm and composed. You know, Roberto De has got a bit of that temperament and he is not afraid to to be aggressive on the sidelines. Um, I know he's been sent off before. So he's got the balance, I think, to do both, to be quite tactile. His players really enjoy playing for him, but he's, he's ruthless at the same time, which I think all the top managers have. His technical detail, they tell me, is outstanding, like absolutely outstanding. How they've developed, like they're playing out from the back Which is, I love all this, you know, two centre-halves, another two in front of them. They make a kind of box and and they play in such small areas and, you know, they work religiously on it. And tactically, he's he's done great in terms of how they overload the middle of the pitch. Very high risk. I mean, you spoke about Harry Kane dropping in. I mean, I watched Evan Ferguson there, right, a few times. Evan plays like a a number 10 a lot of times. I mean, he drops in like centre-mid. Links the play. Sometimes they don't even have a striker. It's fascinating to see like how how they do it. And yeah, Deserby's top top quality. It's think,
2: you think probably Brighton's biggest challenge right now is probably keeping hold of Deserby now at this stage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, don't get me wrong. They've they've lost great players. They've lost Graham Potter in the past and rebuilt. But I, I think Deserby is, uh, you know. He is something special. He's, as I said, like a, a couple of seasons ago, I think he's the next great, super, looks like super coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like he, he can do he can do everything. And pretty ruthlessly moving on from Caicedo, he's gone, bang, we're on to the next. And they're focusing on their next game. And I know we're going to touch on a few of the Irish lads later, but you can you imagine Evan Ferguson, the, the, the education he's going to get? Even if he's not starting, imagine how much he's picking up, learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, I'd love to be you now. <laughs> you know, because you're going to get the education of a... He's going to make him into... For Ireland, it's great. He's going. To, I think he's going to make him into... It's
2: the perfect environment for him, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but
1: yeah. You're, you're right there with the like You're looking at that box that you talked about, the two centre-halves. You're talking about Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster. Players that, are, that aren't regular international footballers but play as if they're top-class European centre-halves. Yeah. And it's just the way that he has them... Doing that and playing that, and then you have the down at left back. James Miller played right back the other day, he and was, he was excellent. But it's going forward where they're so exciting. You know, you have Matoma dribbling in, brilliant finish. Julio and Ciso, 19 years of age, two assists for Sully March. Re- rejuvenated player Pascal Gross, then just sitting in behind, like it's it's they're so exciting and, and so enjoyable to watch. Brighton,
2: uh, they're they're my go team, go to team to watch on the on the television. now I know City are you know brilliant this in, unstoppable machine, but for pure entertainment and enjoyment and of the beautiful game, Brighton are my go to team to watch. Just love as you mentioned, Dunk and uh, and Webster at the back. You know, not, not not they haven't had amazing careers, they're good solid pros. But what I notice about Brighton, I watch Brighton on, on Wolves on Saturday. And every single player seems so comfortable on the ball, receiving possession in tight areas and and playing out. And the that comes from system. the manager, right? yeah. That and
1: always comes. That comes from the top down. They're they're not afraid to get on the ball and pass. If it was, there'd be a fear factor put in there where they'll just lump it long if they're anyway under pressure. But that doesn't happen with Brighton, especially under Deserve. Mm.
0: Have you seen? Uh, have you? I don't know if you've seen that the it's this little nuance of the two centre halves, say Webster and Dunk, and and like Dunk is way better on the ball than... People think. I mean, he's brilliant with the ball with his feet, and and what they do is they put their foot on top of the ball, almost like a Brazilian style, and it provokes you to either, well, you're going to close us down or not, and they wait till you you go and press them. The putting the foot on top of the ball invites you to come and like to yeah. come and close them down, and it's deliberate. Almost like goading them. Almost goading them. You watch yeah. them. You watch how many times <clears> those defenders put their foot on top of the ball to stop it and to try and force you to come out of your slot and then play. I mean, I saw him last season against West Ham, right? They absolutely destroyed West Ham, and David Moyes did not know what to do. (laughs) He had no answer to how they played. And it was brilliant. Look, he's been ruthless with Robert Sanchez because Sanchez looks sensational. He played Jason Steele against Stoke in the Cup. And then after that, he, he stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And and that's a sign of a good manager. You know, you you, you look around the dressing room, been in enough of them. You get a chance in a cup, and you think, right? Is, does that mean that I'm a cup player, or am I going to now play in the league? And he almost went, no, nah, you play, really, you'll do for me. And he kept him in. He kept him in the team. And and since Sanchez was injured, or whatever next thing you know, Sanchez's gone. His trust is in Jason Steele. And. You know, that,
2: I suppose as you say, Dave, that sets a culture of everyone thinking does. if they, yeah. if they, if they play well and do the job, they'll be selected.
0: Yeah, they'll have a chance, but yeah. they also know also, also, you fall the wrong side of him, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be gone. Like you'll be, and they'll move on. So I, I think it, that's not a, that's not playing with fear, though. I think it's it's a it's a bit different, and I think. I, I, I just love what he does I, I, I love watching them I think they're, they're great I mean the, the challenge would have been this season right which I, I think I was asked a few months ago well people know how Brighton play and I said well yeah that's true like they do know how once you know everything is analysed so how will they overcome when teams try and stop how they play and you know it seems like so far obviously no one has stopped them but maybe other sides will work out a way and then let's see how he evolves will he do anything different Um. I'm fascinated, uh, you know. I'm fascinated
1: to see. Southgate was at the game the other day, so it'll be interesting to see it in the next squad whether he he plucks even Jason Steele, um, yeah. because as David said, he's been really, really good since he's come in.
2: Is, have any of you, you, you ever played under a manager who was just tactically above anything you've ever seen? Well, you, I know, it's, I know your favourite manager is Liam Buckley. Yeah, so he'd be the man. But like, Liam obviously is a, an
1: astute manager, highly experienced. But well, well, I'd say I'd say ask the question. David, David considering international uh, experience. And...
0: Well, I mean, like, uh, it's always difficult. Like, uh, there was one in Holland who was uh, Bert van Marwijk, who was. I mean, the Dutch I know are renowned for like being big on their tactics, Total which is footballing, true. Like, and yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> but but I probably you know learned a lot. I mean, I know Declan Rice has said this about Mikel Arteta, which was a, probably a bit of a slight on. West Ham and David Moyes but you learn more in a few weeks and you think well wow, you know but but you you know when I can't tell you the, the thrill that you feel like you're learning stuff no matter what age you are young or old under a top coach and you know I played for under loads and it doesn't they don't have to have a foreign name you know um you know Mick was brilliant Mick McAuliffe is brilliant in his way etc but I think for tactically Van Marwake who ended up he ended up managing Holland. Like, I probably caught him when he was on the way up. You know, he catch those coaches on the way up. And, you know, <coughs> you, you're sort of learning off them. And did he just what, make... Was what it, what was that about him, Dave? Did he just make you think about things a little bit differently? Yeah, exactly. All that. Yeah. It, it, it would, you know, in, in various... With and without the ball, in various different ways, right. you know, um, that we probably haven't got long enough to go into. But... <laughs> Like it's a bit like the lads talking about Pochettino or Deserbi or whatever, and and at some point these top players, okay, they might go to Saudi for money, you know, they might do. Some of them might. Don't get me wrong, but then there there would be others that that will just be absolutely want to work for that manager, or you know, think he's brilliant. And you know, there'll be some that will 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 like I say with Evan, for sure he's gonna he, he'll be a top player anyway. I'm not I'm not saying it's because of you know, Deserbi or anything like that. I just mean because of what he's going to learn under him. I mean, wow, he, he, you know, he at this age now, Evan Ferguson might have the best football education he'll ever have. If if, if he leaves Brighton and goes on elsewhere, it doesn't mean he's going to have a better coach than Deserbi. But he's getting it as a as a young age, like Bert van Marwijk, like I had when I think I was nineteen, twenty, similar age. Yeah. And you know, you can learn an, an awful lot. And uh, so, yeah.
2: Um, that's, that's the Brighton love in I'm done with now Colin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's be honest we all love Brighton um, I want to I mean, move on to the game last night I suppose uh, a really good strong dogged display from Arsenal last night to win in a very difficult place Selhurst Park now I know they have a good record at Sellhorse Park but still that's a new Palace team they were missing Zaha and they were down to 10 men for, for a good chunk yeah. of the game showed a lot of resilience and I suppose rightfully you know, touted as being City's closest challengers this season?
1: Yeah, I was very impressed with Royce and Parthy in the in the middle, uh, Eric. I thought they did really, really well. Um attacking wise, they didn't really threaten too much. Obviously they won the game through a penalty, a quick uh quick free kick, obviously, and, and, and Ketia going down under under the challenge of Johnson. But another card slotting away like he like he you think he would. Um it the goalkeeping situation is the one that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that develops with uh, Brentford keeper David uh, Rea going in and Ramsdale obviously being number one at the moment and it's just it would be interesting to see if he makes one slip up whether or not Rea will go get his chance or does Arteta really think that Ramsdale just needed a little bit of competition to, to bring his performances on and you, and you see that Wait, Would you say would you say on, on that that uh,
2: you noticed that Rea is probably better than Ramsdale with his feet and the game
1: that Arteta yeah. wants to play I think that, but I think Bramsdale's a better goalkeeper in okay. terms of shot stopping right. and, and that. But it, playing out from the back is so important now as a goalkeeper. And we see that with, with the likes of Jason Steele, the way we talked about there. Ederson, obviously, we, uh, Newcastle, pinging 70, 70, 80-yard balls. Onana did it um, yeah. as well. Um, so that is so crucial to be a goalkeeper. Um, but with Arsenal, obviously, t- Timber went, has his ACL. Tomiyasu comes in and gets sent off needless needless sending off um, pretty
2: harsh actually wasn't it it was I, mean, yeah, they, I don't know
1: the second one like he did letter to the law he pulled him back And, it, I, no, and I, suppose, I
2: suppose it's the first one I, I was kind of because like it was well, eight seconds or something he took on the trowel and he got a booking for that, and yeah. someone else had a throw. It was fifteen seconds, and he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, Consistency—that's what we always, yeah, we yeah. always
1: say. But look, I think Palace will be fine, though. Um, I thought they they did okay. he's um, a, a very—they need to hold on. to Eze. hes yeah. a fantastic player. But again, Olise say as well, talk of him going to Chelsea, uh, but new contract signed, so we'll see what happens there. Your, your
2: thoughts on, uh, on on Arsenal, David?
0: Yeah, I mean that's... I think they got. I think they got very lucky with a penalty because um, this is a routine on the training ground, right? Uh, the quick free kick, but the block, which I thought VAR would pick up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, t- Thomas Party. It, 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 we, we, I've done this exact free kick <laughs> a thousand times. You know, we have worked on it in training, and right, someone will get the block on. I'd be the striker running in like in Ketia, you know, and his party. I couldn't quite, I don't know if it was Decore, I couldn't quite see uh, on the, on the replays who he blocked, but he goes to ground, whether it's Lerner or Decore, I'm not sure, or Shlip. But on the VAR, I forget the penalty, and they're looking at offside. This makes me wonder, like, do they know what they're looking at? Because <laughs> as, a, as a pro, a former pro, you would be working on blocking right. this, this free kick. This is not a penalty. Unless Thomas Party blocks. And that, that is a free kick, like it, 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 but blocking in the box. So, I mean, they, people might say, well, no, it's not. Well, that, there was no intention from Thomas Party to do anything apart from block. And it, look, it worked. And you would say Palace, well, he got too tight, he got the wrong side. Um, but, but nonetheless, the referees are looking at this. And what do they think that that was an accident? Well, like accidental,
2: <laughs> as it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, the, the I like the way
1: you know. I like the way that it wasn't given though, uh, David, because in set pieces, as you say, you work on those blocks so regularly. So if it was chalked off, I don't think there'd be as many goals from corner kicks and free kicks as as we, we'd like, maybe.
0: Yeah, but then by the same token, you go back to all these VR decisions and you and and they labour over them, and you go, well, if if you're going to spend that much time on uh, contact in the box, this, that you know, uh, hands by the side, whatever it may be, by the same token, you have to then do the same on things like this because that was, uh, I guess, helped them the goal. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would like it if it was me because if, from an attacking point of view, but then I think, well, if you're going to be so detailed on your VAR, do they even know that that was a deliberate block? You don't even know what, whether the referee's, have acknowledged that, they've had the internal discussion, allowed it to go, and they, they've given the penalty. Or they just assume that that was just accidental contact, or it's not, it's not, you know, it's just part of the game. Well, the players are then having the referees over, if that makes sense, and they should know by now. I mean, uh, so I, thought, I thought they got lucky. Um, on Palace, I'll tell you a quick story. So as I mean, kind of mentioned, a, uh, he was in my youth team, um, when I retired, I became Millwall's under 18. Oh, right. I was going she said
2: he was that old. We're going to- <laughs> yeah.
0: And, um, and Eze was, was, I remember, so it was my first, I retired, right? My first job was <clears throat> Millwall's under 18 coach. <clears throat> and I got the list of all the players and I probably, I don't even get, I barely get my kids a birthday card, but I looked down <laughs> on the list and and the the day I was starting, I just happened to look at it, you know, you're looking at the names, the pictures. I've never met them before. But, you know, you want to spend the time to work out who you're going to see, who you're going to be coaching, the dates of birth. So, and I look and I was like, oh, geez, it's, this lad's Eze's birthday tomorrow. And I don't know, I bought a card in probably this 10 years, but I bought him one. Now I don't know why. And maybe it was to try to... To to think, right? If I'm going to be a coach manager, I get the players on the side and show that I I care and and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, so I did I did get him a birthday card and and um, wish him a happy birthday. And look, we got on we got on really well, and I really I really really like him. That didn't stop him getting released. <laughs>
2: right, right,
0: right. So yeah. now he he's been he played Arsenal uh, last night, and I uh, I didn't see all of it because I was coming back from a uh, holiday, but the bits I saw, you know, and my son is the biggest fan. He's like, he's amazing. He's like sensational. You think he, he should have had a penalty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got released from Arsenal, got reconfirmed. Ful- and then, would you believe it? He got released from Millwall. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a, not a cautionary tale for, for clubs and this, that and the other, but, you know, Millwall at the time couldn't, they literally couldn't carry another pro who the first team felt couldn't go and play in the first team. Right. You know, and, the first team at the time needed a left winger. They played 4-4-2. You know, that was Millwall's DNA, you know? 4-4-2, get it wide, get it in the box. Eze was a right footer, playing off the left, cutting in a talented number 10. You know, Millwall didn't play with a talented number 10. And, you know, it wasn't like he was at a big club who could afford to give a contract to another pro, let him develop in the 21s. Do you get what I mean? And, yeah. and we can, you know, Millwall's was like, you know, everything's run on a budget. We need players to go and play in the first team. And... and it just shows you, you know, that, that, and he never gave up, went to QPR, and here he is at Palace looking to to move on. I thought he was excellent. Anyway, getting back to it, I thought he was excellent last night, and, and, uh, um, I'm sure he can carry that mantle of Zaha going. Yeah. Um, and I thought, been I mean, their talisman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, we, we mentioned the, the, uh, the, the penalty and the blocking and VAR and also, uh, uh, one of my gripes against in the Spurs match was why wasn't Manchester United awarded a penalty when your man he blocked it with his hand I, mean, I, I don't care what anyone says his hand is up it hits his hand the referee didn't even check it and people are saying oh that's because they got away with Onana. I don't think that's a discussion is it in the VAR there's a penalty there lads but in fairness he got away with one last week so we're not going to give it I don't think that conversation is happening but also McAllister and and obviously as a United fan I'm not a Liverpool fan but I thought that was a, a, a harsh red card on him and, on, on Saturday against the uh, uh, who are they playing? Bournemouth. 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 Yeah I thought, thought that was a harsh right card And Liverpool are struggling a little bit in midfield And this, he has a three match ban now um, Is the standard of refereeing Since VAR come in gone down a little bit?
1: Yeah I, I know Liverpool have appealed that um, So they're waiting to hear back on that But I don't know in terms of the standard refereeing, I I When I went to VAR His And I'm a Liverpool fan His His studs are showing um, and I think that's why it went obviously then to... So
2: it's in that frozen shot That's the problem. Where it looks... Aestheti- yeah, instead of it looks real play. Yeah.
1: Instead of letting it run and seeing what it looks like in real time. Because there's very little impact. Every challenge will look poor when it's slowed down or stopped at a certain point. Yeah. Every challenge. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd have to disagree with you over the United one because... Uh, <laughs> I knew you I'd, would. <laughs> no, because Nicholas Jackson got away with one in, uh, in the Liverpool-Chelsea game because it was headed on to him and his hands were in a position close to his body. Right, And it was the same thing with Romero. His hands weren't out. They were still a little... They were close to his body. And they were up. They were up, but they were <laughs> close to him. And that's why the decision was made to that it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, whatever, cone. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um
2: uh, Liverpool uh David uh they they do one. Um the they, they started off the season with a draw at Stamford Bridge and uh, they're you know they they've been I suppose made a bit of a laugh and stock really in the transfer market the last couple of weeks with uh, players they thought they were getting in didn't come in. Um are they still are they still some way off challenging in your opinion, David?
0: No. No, I don't I don't think they are. No. I think they're gonna be they are one, they're gonna be right up there challenging. I think I think City <clears throat> I think the injury to Kevin De Bruyne, right? I think in my mind, because there's certain players I won't be swayed on Like, I think this guy's an absolute genius, yeah. right? I think he's a footballing genius. And I think Man City could sign ten other top players. They are gonna miss Kevin De Bruyne and well if I'm if I'm wrong, fine. But I think his loss will help teams like Liverpool close that gap. I really, I really, really do. And I, I think Liverpool are gonna be they are gonna be I think they're gonna be up there challenging for the league this season. And yeah, you know, they play Chelsea with a difficult game. I uh, thought Bournemouth play, play play quite well. Um but they've they've I think they I think they're gonna be so so close, Liverpool. I I really do. And I know City are going to be strong again. Don't get me wrong, but if if Liverpool could come away from Newcastle with something, I think people might, which will be difficult. Don't get me wrong, but I think people will, will start saying, "Well, you know what? They, you know, they might have a chance." Liverpool. Forget, you know, I could be because I'm a boyhood Liverpool fan. Right? I could be a bit sentimental here, but I, I just got a feeling they're going to they're going to go really close this season. And and um, I know they've lost a bit of you know bit of steel with Henderson going. Fabinho going, but and don't get me wrong, they will be they will miss those players. But I think I think once they've got the talent in the likes of McAllister that and Slobis looks looks class, although it's soft penalty, don't get me wrong, I think it's very soft. But I think I think they're gonna be really, really close. I do.
2: Got rid of Hendo brought in Hendo. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay, so like I mean uh
2: the opinion of so Liverpool are, are, aren't are that far away, and uh, I mean, we the City Newcastle game on Saturday night was a fascinating game. Two top teams going, out, at it, but City, I mean, it's probably one of the most comfortable 1 0 wins you'd see in the
1: Premier League. They were utterly dominant, I oh, thought. So impre- I really I was so impressed with them, um, so impre- and he didn't make a substitution the whole ah, game. Pep- it, yeah. Watch, we're, watch, we're, all the other managers in the lower leagues now won't make a substitution <laughs> this weekend, but he's the only manager in the Premier League that 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 sometimes does that he did it four times a couple of years ago in the whole season he didn't right. make a substitution whereas every Premier League team did um, so he, he's just so astute in what, in what he does and what he needs from his players and he saw that he, they were being so comfortable his players obviously weren't running out of steam they were still had possession of the ball I thought Kovacic was absolutely superb and all the talk was about Phil Foden and he was superb he, on the half turn he was direct he brought other sp- players into play but Kovacic anytime the ball came near him Newcastle players couldn't get near him mm-hmm. because it, it was just a one-touch passing in around the little triangles, um, and I, I was just so impressed with their overall play through the for the ninety minutes. And we talked about ball retention before, but um, with Man City, it was just unbelievable. I and mean, it started from Ederson. Um, Haaland had a really <coughs> poor game. Mm-hmm. Um, his touch was off. Um, his his movement was good, but his finishing was poor, and that's unlike him. So he would probably be the only player. That, so he's human that after all. He was. <laughs> he is human. <laughs> um, but with Rodri and Kovacic in there, and that's been a huge signing, I think. Um, Kovacic? Kovacic, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I mean, as, as, as you alluded to here, David, like, De Bruyne's gone for like three to four
2: months. Gundogan is gone. You know, they've lost so much quality in there. When, when I saw De Bruyne getting injured and Gundogan gone and Maray's gone, I'm thinking, ah, sir, surely City are going to be weaker, but they just don't look weaker. And that's probably down no. to Pep.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. I, I watched bits of that game, and at times... You know that and City's um, uh, game against against Sevilla, and and I watched that as well. And at times it looked like they weren't quite sure how to get, say, like Foden, Grealish. You know they had Palmer, and I I just felt something not quite right. I know they're really good against Newcastle. Don't get me wrong; I'm just picking holes in this. But at times I think right. So where's Alvarez? Where's Alvarez going to play? If they play a four-three-three, right? Where's he going to play? He, he he doesn't look comfortable on the left. He doesn't look comfortable on the right. So are they always going to play with two holding midfield the players? They've played with two against Newcastle, but I'd be surprised if they play with two that many times a season. Apart from maybe you know the very the teams that they're you know maybe in Arsenal or Liverpool. I, I don't know. So where's Alvarez going to play? Because to me, you have got to get Alvarez in the team. You have to get yeah. Alvarez in the team. So, does he get in the team as a as a number 10? Because that's not City's preferred way of, of playing. Um, and, you know, Alvarez is a pure goal scorer. And, and I think at times, when he was wide, I think it, it, it was, um, I forget, one of the games he, he might have come on. It might have been a severe game. Yeah, it was, but it, that was only for a few minutes. Um, and the game after it against Newcastle. I just think, I think... I, I, let's just see how they get on because they were good against Newcastle. But I think how he gets Foden, Alvarez, Grealish, for example, in that same team in a four-three-three, we'll wait and see. Do
1: you, do you, you know? really do think that Alvarez will needs to needs to start? What Bernardo Silva has to come back in, and well,
0: but where, where would Alvarez play? Right? Where would he play? Mm. Well, that's
1: because what I'm saying. He, Does he have to play?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Alvarez is in terms of pure goals. Um, you know, I would, I would have Alvarez. I would try and get Alvarez in that team every, like, all the time. So does that mean we'll just see whether the Newcastle game is a clue? Does Pep think that he has to change and go with two holding midfield players to get to get Alvarez in the side? Because as I said, I've seen him out wide. He doesn't suit out wide, and at times he was. Uh, Switching with Brelish or Fodor, wherever it wasn't quite, they didn't look totally comfortable. I don't know if it was a Newcastle game, it might be another game. <coughs> um, and, and I think that's a problem, not a problem, it's a lovely problem to have. But whether he, he plays with two holding with field players, because when you've got that back four, Right, that amount of control with two holding midfield players, I, I, don't know. Against Liverpool and Arsenal, I'll be surprised if he, it, it, yeah, if that. It might suit him in some ways, but I think in other ways they'll lose the extra players going in the box. They'll lose the extra bit of creativity they might, they might need, and they're for sure going to miss De Bruyne for mm. sure.
2: Right, lads, uh, so that's our Premier League chat concluded and what I've deducted there is that Manchester United are the closest challengers to Man City, so fair play to you, lads. <laughs> um, just before we go, Conan, the FAI Cup draw has been made and it is draw United at home to Bowes, Finn Harps at home to Pats, Galway at home to Dundalk and Cork at home to Wexford. Your initial thoughts there?
1: Yeah, all the big things, well, the so-called big, bigger clubs are staying away from each other. Yeah. Um, draw the Bowes, the only all... Uh, Premier League clash so that's, that yeah, yeah right. um, so that's going to be a, a very interesting tie and you and you would fancy St. Pat's to beat Finn Harps up in Bally Buffet and Cork City to beat Wexford at Turner's Cross um, Galway and Dundalk I think will be the will be the feisty one out of them all Galway obviously running away with the with the first division at the moment beating UCD yesterday well, f- uh, last night five squad, they? they do and with Premier League staff as well with um, John Caulfield obviously with, with the amount of work he's done at Cork City and Ollie Hogan. so it's um, yeah, the dream ticket the dream yeah <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting
2: so, very interesting uh, so we have come to at the end of episode 22 of House of Football William Hill and Sports Joe I'd like to give a big thanks to our guests this week David Connolly and Conan Bourne lads thanks very much for joining us lads everybody at home watching this listen to this you know what to do subscribe like share tell your friends and we'll speak to you again next week
1: you've been listening to House of Football brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill